Welcome to the weekly message from Rayma Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rayma.org.au forward slash media. We're going to talk about word power today. What do we mean by word power? Well, the first thing we mean by that is the, God's word is powerful. His words are powerful. And we know that he created everything with his words. So that's, first of all, God's word is powerful. His words coming out of his mouth, very powerful. But then we want to get in today about our words. Because when we take God's word and put God's word in our mouth, and our words become God's words, our words become powerful. And we want to look into that today. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Here's a couple scriptures that we want to look at. Look at Matthew chapter 12 and verse 37. It says, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So that's pretty strong. But notice a few things here. God is not responsible if we're condemned. We are. And really, God is not responsible. God did everything he could do so we could be justified. But if we're not justified, it's not God's fault. It's actually our fault. So that's why, you know, we want to be balanced. And, and, you know, the extreme way to be would, if you're on this side and you're extreme, it would be like God does everything and mankind does nothing. Then you can over be here on this, and this, this is extreme, that mankind is responsible for everything and God isn't responsible for nothing. But then the balance is to know God's part and to know our part. And Christianity that understands God's part and man's part, it's balanced Christianity, but it's also fruitful and effective Christianity. And that's really what we want. We want balanced, we want fruitfulness and effectiveness in our Christianity, okay? So that's why we're getting into this. So we do have a responsibility, and that responsibility is God is, you know, our, he made it so our words, they matter, so I decided when I heard Jesus was Lord, I grew up in church, but I really didn't know that you must be born again. I didn't know what that meant. What does it mean, you must be born again? Because I grew up in a denominational church. I never even heard that for 23 years. I never heard that, ever. And then I, I find my brother gets born again, and, and he said, I'm, born, I'm a born-again Christian. And I thought, well, what is that? I, it was so mysterious. What's that mean? So I got an understanding of what it was. I, and of course, I grew up thinking that anything that wasn't what I grew up is a cult. So I really thought my brother got into a cult. But actually, you know, I went to rescue him, and you know the story. I got rescued. And I'm so glad I got rescued. But, but see, I decided to confess Jesus as Lord, and with my words, I was justified. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm a believer now. It was my words in my heart that caused that to, to happen. And so God, even though he sent his son and Jesus died and did everything that he did, I had to believe and I had to say something and it was when I said it that I became justified. So our words make a difference in our life. Look at Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 3. Uh, that says, He who guards his mouth preserves his life but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Well, that's pretty strong too. But notice that, that, you know, our mouth can preserve our life. I like that part. 
I'm, I, I always like staying on the positive more than the negative, but sometimes we have to point out that the negative that our lips and our mouth can cause destruction in our life. But I like that other part that if we watch our mouth, watch what comes out of our mouth, it can preserve our life. It can bless our life. So that's why we're looking into this today. And, and take a note of here. N- note, this is a note. God gave us responsibility to be stewards of our mouths. So that's the responsibility God gave us. We should be stewards of our mouth. He's not going to control our mouths like we're puppets. You know, he, he, he doesn't like have his hand in us and he's like we're puppets. You know, he, no, he made us with a free will and he's, he can't control our mouth. I'm sure he wishes many times that he did make us where he can control our mouths. But uh, he gave us the responsibility to control our mouth. So you guys remember a couple weeks ago when we were talking about forgiveness power, the first two weeks, the first week we talked about resurrection power, then we talked about gospel power, then we talked about forgiveness power. Remember when we said that, that you can understand resurrection power, that the resurrection life of God and Jesus lives on the inside of us, and by that resurrection life, it quickens our mortal bodies, it makes us alive, it's power. We got God's power and life on the inside of us. And then we talked about gospel power, like the revelation of who we are in Christ. Those are liberating things. But then remember we said with forgiveness power, if we don't forgive, it affects our heart, and if it affects our heart, it it hinders us. And so even though we have God's power and life in us, when we're in unforgiveness, we don't really enjoy it. And we really don't enjoy the fact that we're new creatures in Christ, so it's really important to not be in unforgiveness. Forgive, let go. But then, just like that's true, it's also true, we might have a revelation of resurrection power, a revelation of gospel power, but if we don't have words that line up with that, it also affects that. So even though we got God's power in his life on the inside of us, we want to make sure our words do not affect that. So with that in mind, I just want to look at this list that I put together. I actually did this a number of years ago. This is the third time I'm teaching it to our congregation, but I think it's so important that these are the kind of things that you want to bring up more than one time, and I really can't improve on this. So, so I thought, well, I'm going to go over it again because it's important. So this is actually the negative side of wrong words, but just know that it's good sometimes to understand what happens when our words don't line up with God's words. So here's the first thing that can happen. It can nullify our prayers. So what do I mean by that? Well, you can come up for prayer at the end of the service today with our ministry team, and when you come up for prayer, you can say, pray for me because I have a financial need. And so they pray, and it's an awesome prayer, but then when you walk out the door, instead of saying, thank you, Father, that you meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory, you say, well, it's money Money goes quicker than it comes. I just can't seem to get enough money. I never have enough money to pay my bills. I, it's just, I'm, I'm just always so tight. I'm just, I, I'm just barely making it. And we've all done that before, haven't we? Until, well, I used to do that. But then you learn what the Bible says. So if somebody prays for you, you want your words to line up with what was prayed for. So in other words, when you go out the door, you say, thank you, Father, thank you. I trust you that you shall meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory. Money's coming. And isn't it much better to say money comes, uh, t- money comes quicker than it goes because a lot of people say money goes quicker than it comes. It's better to say money comes quicker than it goes. I got plenty. I have more than enough. It's better to say that. So 
wrong words can actually nullify different kinds of prayers that you pray, okay? And then another thing that can happen is it can nullify the effects of the laying on a hand. So you come up for prayer at the end of the service and the ministry team lays hands on you because you say, I have sickness in my body and I, I want a healing. So they pray and the power of God goes into your, your uh, body. And, but, but sometimes, you know, when the power of God goes into your body, you might not have an instant an immediate healing you know there's sometimes that it comes after and so what happens is you might walk out the door and go well i didn't feel anything well nothing happened to me well maybe god doesn't want to heal me maybe it's not his will and you can start saying all these things that's really casting doubt and it's like you're not believing what really happened when hands were laid on you so isn't it better to say, when hands were laid on me, the power of God went into me, and the power of God is working in me, and because of the laying on of hands, I'm healed. Isn't it better to say that? Okay, so you can see how our wrong words, and really wrong words are actually the root of wrong words is wrong beliefs. And so it's important to get beliefs, and we're going to talk about that soon. Another thing that can happen is wrong words can frustrate the grace of God in our lives. Now, what does that mean? I mean, if you're not a church-going person, that might, well, the grace of God is God's ability. It's, it's uh, God's ability that's much greater than our ability. So the grace of God enables us and empowers us to do things that we could not do without his grace. So great, grace can be, it's unmerited favor, of course, but it's also uh, God's ability that empowers us to do things beyond what we could do ourself so i had this I'd, i've done this many times when i've got saved and confessed jesus as lord the first thing that i told the lord is like i'll do anything for you but whatever uh, do not make me a preacher <laughs> I, I said that i really said that. it's a true story and because i mean i was terrified to ever have to stand up in front of people and talk so that's one of the first things I told the Lord after I accepted him. And I went to, I was in my bedroom, I remember, and I, I said that before, I, that was my prayer before I went to sleep. And I went to sleep. I was like 23 years old back then. And uh, so, so, you know, God's not going to listen to us. If he wants to make us a preacher, he'll do it. And so he called me to go to Bible school, and then he called me to preach, and I couldn't really, unless I wanted to disobey him, I couldn't do anything about it. But when I first started off, you know, we were at this church and I was really nervous about preaching at this church because it was a larger church and uh, I tried to get somebody else to preach. I was traveling in this singing group and there was plenty of preachers in there and, and it was like a church of 700 people and I didn't want to preach there. I was like terrified, but I couldn't get out of it. So I stood up and I, I went for 15 minutes and in my 15 minutes, one thing I said is I said, you think it's easy to preach? You ought to try it. I, it was part of my message. I didn't. I didn't have it in my notes, it just came out. And then I also said, hey, God spoke through a donkey in the Old Testament, he can surely speak through me. Because I really did feel like a donkey at the time. And so that was, and then when I finished the message, I just said, well, I'm done. I, it's kind of like, I'm done. It's like, everyone was relieved, I'm sure. But, but see, then, then we, got, we got in the bus with the singing group, and I thought, they're gonna because that's the way they are they're just like you know musicians can be very sarcastic and i thought they're gonna tear into me for so i thought i'm not gonna let them tear into me i'm gonna beat them to the i'm gonna beat them to it so i immediately said that stunk 
that was terrible. And I just ripped myself apart, and in my mind, I thought, you're all better than I am. Out of anybody here, I'm the worst one. That's how I thought, and I just talked, I ripped myself apart with my words. And here's the point I'm making. God had his grace on me to do that, but my words were frustrating the grace of God to do that. And wrong, if God graces you to do something, you don't want to talk against how God's grace is on you because it frustrates the grace. So even if God calls you to be a business person, don't frustrate that grace. I mean, talk in line with how God's grace is on you even to work out in, in the world. But then even in Christianity, the Bible says that we, every believer can lay hands on the sick. You know, every believer can do certain things talk in line with what the bible says you can do i can do all things through christ who strengthens me so you know what i got worse and not better when it came to public speaking until i began to say this i began to say that i can teach which is explain i can preach which is proclaim and then i can uh, lay hands on the sick which is demonstrate and then i began to say i can prophesy i can move and flow in the holy spirit i began to say those things and I began to line up what I believed and what I said with the grace of God, and everything began to start improving in that area. So you understand we don't want we, we to talk contrary to how the grace of God is on our lives, okay? Here's some other stuff here. Look at this one. Uh, wrong words can make our knowledge of God's word of no effect in our life. So you can, uh, you can see and hear a great teaching on who you are in Christ, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. And you can hear that teaching, but then you can say, well, I'm a sinner. Well, actually, you know, you're not a sinner. If you're a Christian, uh, you, were, you were a sinner that was saved by grace. So, but now you were a sinner, but now you're the righteousness of God in Christ, and you're a new creation in him. So that's the way we want to talk. So you no longer want to call yourself a sinner. It doesn't mean that you won't ma ma uh, mess up and make a mistake. You will. There's nobody that's perfect except Jesus, and you'll never be perfect, so take that off of your agenda. Then you won't be disappointed because no one's ever going to be perfect. Jesus was the only one that was. So get, you know, get, deal with that fact. Then you, won't, then you won't be disappointed. But you know, we'll never be perfect, but we still, regardless of the fact we'll never be perfect, we're still the righteousness of God in Christ. And the more you call yourself what God says about you, the more you'll act like who you say you are. Okay, so that's important. And then, um, you know, right believing and right talking changes our conduct and our actions all right and then one other thing is like uh, wrong words can prolong or prevent a prophecy from coming to pass okay and, and what what do i mean by that well i was in a meeting a number of years ago uh and in this meeting uh, brother hagan who he's gone home to be with the lord but he ministered to a man a friend of mine and actually that man and his wife and patsy and myself Right after that meeting, we were gonna, a week later, we were going to start a conference uh, at my brother's church in Ohio. This happened in Oklahoma. And Brother Hagen lays hands on this man, and he, he prays and, about how the healing anointing is on him and that God wanted to use him to get for people to be healed. And so it was really an awesome uh, time where he got hands laid on him and all that. So after the meeting... I, I went up to him and said, hey, that is so wonderful and awesome. 
next week when we do the conference why don't you minister at the night services so then you can you know the night services during conference they go late and then you have time to lay hands on people and actually do what you were ministered to and he goes oh no no way he goes that scares me he goes you're going to do the night meetings tony he goes because i'm not going to and i said but you just got a word he goes he said no he said you're anointed to do that i'm not anointed to do that and so there was a prophecy over his life but he did not hook up with it he did not believe and say how he was ministered to okay so you you, it's important not to talk contrary because you'll it prolongs that from coming to pass so if the holy spirit through brother hagan ministered to that man and that man was uh ministered to that he had a healing anointing on his life the best thing he could have done began to say is god through the holy spirit said i'm anointed to heal i have healing in my hands I'm anointed to heal and you know that's good for every Christian as a matter of fact if you're a Christian every Christian should say I have healing in my hands I'm anointed to lay hands on the sick God uses me that way we can all say that okay all right so let's go on and look at this those are just some of the negative things and I thought it was important to, to cover that but let's look at this next do our words matter to God do our words matter? So we're going to pick up here in this story in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 30. And it says, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up at once and pos- uh, take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Now, the context that this is in, God sent 12 spies in to spy out the land, and he wanted, to, uh, he wanted the children of Israel to go in and possess that land. As a matter of fact, he said, the land is yours. He said, the land is yours. It's past tense. I've already decided it. I want to give you the land. The land is yours. That's what God said. He sent the 12 spies in, and then 10 of them came back with a bad report. Okay, so this bad report that they came back with, they start talking negative and saying they couldn't. So notice it said, Caleb silenced the people. You know, the people were all talking negative, and they had to be silenced. I like to say it this way, if you can't say something positive, don't talk at all. If you can't say something that lines up with God's word, it's better just not to talk. At least you're a neutral. You know, if you can't be positive, learn to put yourself in neutral. You know, uh, or even park. Park yourself. <laughs> but they, they didn't. They didn't park themselves. And so they're talking negative, and it says he silenced the people. Sometimes we need silence. Then uh, look at this, uh, Numbers 13, at verse 31, it says, but the men who had gone up with him said, notice they got talking. The men who went up with him said, we can't attack those people, they are stronger than we. Notice the word can't. So, you know, I, I think that God's people, God is a can-do God, and I think that God's people should be can-do people. And, and when God says we can, we can. We're can-do. We got... We got the can-do turned on, and we got the we can't turned off, okay? But they said we can't do it. All right, then uh, look, at, look at here. Well, here's a note. Although these spies disagreed with Caleb, they were ultimately disagreeing with God. And I think in our lives, if we realized that sometimes when, when like, they, they might have just thought, well, is this direction coming from God, or is this direction coming from man? And maybe that's what they thought. Well, one thing I like about the New Testament, 
you know, there's certain times in this covenant you have to trust. So we, uh, somebody had to make a decision as an example to take this property, uh, to sign a contract, and to fit out this building so we could have church. And the people that got so involved, and the many men and women in our church got involved to get into this building, they must have trusted our judgment, and they must have trusted that the Lord spoke to us about that. And so they, they helped, and thank God for that. You know, but, and, and that's wonderful. And there's times like that 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 happens where it's not really written in the Bible. But what I like about the New Covenant, there, there's heaps of things in the Bible that we don't have to hear it from man, we can hear it directly from God because we have all those promises. So we, we, we don't have to say, well, is that coming from God or coming from man? We don't have to do that because we know it's coming directly from God. Well, they, they wondered. But the thing is, when God said, I'm going to bring you in and possess the land, that came from God. So they really weren't disagreeing with Caleb. They were disagreeing with God. What we have to understand in our lives, we can disagree with God with our words and what we believe okay so let's follow this through like numbers 13 and verse 32 it says this it says and they spread among the israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored so notice how they spread a bad report they said it by saying things and then notice what god said about that in numbers chapter uh, 14 and verse 22 he said not one of the men who saw my glory and the miraculous signs I perform in Egypt and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tested me these ten times. So what is he saying there? He's saying not one person that did that is going to go in to possess the promised land. And what I want you to notice, it, it says, who disobeyed me and tested me these ten times. Ten times. Ten. So what does that mean? Well, God is an individual God as much as he's a corporate God. And so that means that God knows, and only God could do this because he's God, but there's how many people in the world, how many billions of people in the world, God knows how many hairs are on everybody's head in this whole world. God can count the number of hairs on your head, okay? Some of them he has less counting to do. <laughs> but he can count the number of hairs on everybody's head amazing and there's billions of people at the same time god he hears what everybody says man he's god we have no idea how awesome god is and how powerful and mighty and how much knowledge he has and the fact that he's everywhere and he said you tested me these 10 times so 12 spies went in two spies had a good report 10 spies had a bad report and he heard each one of them individually so it's important to know that god hears us individually all right so the answer to the question is does god care about our words i wanted to make it really clear that god's not too busy for you you know a lot of times i have people come up to me after church and they say well i know you're busy and you know and, and, and I say, well, I, I'm here. I, if you want to, I'm here. If you want to talk, I'm not too busy to talk to you. But a lot of times people just think, well, you know, well, you're too busy. And I never said I was too busy. <laughs> I never told anybody, don't talk to me, I'm too busy. But people have that perception maybe that I'm too busy. But I never said that. In the same way, we think, well, there's a lot of people in the world and there's a lot more important people than I am. 
I mean, you know, if God's going to take time with anybody, he's going to take it with Reinhard Bonnke or Benny Hinn or somebody like Kenneth Copeland. He's not going to take time with me, but I wanted you to see, I wanted to make it clear that God has enough time for everybody. He's not too busy for you, and he hears what's coming out of all of our mouths, and I think it's important to know that, okay? All right. So take a note there, then, that they receive what they said, not what God said, okay? They receive what they said, not what God said. And here's the thing. God said, I want to take you in, and I want you to possess that land. It's already yours. He said, I'm giving you the land. It was settled. But they said, we can't. Did they get what God said, or they said they got what they said? So it's important to know this. God has blessed us with a lot of promises in the Bible, but we want to make sure we talk in line with that. So with that said, let's look at this scripture, Mark eleven twenty three. 23. And this is a, a, a lot of people know this scripture, and it's, it reads this way, For assuredly I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So here's, we're going to look at three simple things about this scripture. All right, first of all, it says, and, and you don't, if you're writing, we'll go over them slow. But three things, identify your mountain. Number two, speak to your mountain. And number three, believe what you say will come to pass. So let's look at those. So here's the first one, uh, identify our mountain. Now, that might say, well, why do you want to take time on that? Well, here's the reason why. The more of God's will you know, the more easily you can identify your mountain. So I, I grew up in a denominational church, and we, we weren't Christians. I'm sure some people might have accidentally got saved in the church I grew up in, but I didn't accidentally get saved, so I didn't grow up as a Christian. Then at the age of 23, my 21-year-old brother he drowned, he had epilepsy, and he drowned. And so it was kind of like a wake-up call. And then a year later, we got saved. Then I met the two girls, these two Italian, I'm an Italian-American, and I met these two Italian-American girls, and you know, sometimes you, you like to hang out with your fellow Italians. So, so these two girls that I knew, I met, and they said, hey, we heard you got saved. We're Christians too. And I go, whoa. That's what, and, and they said, do you know that we prayed with your brother one hour before he drowned? We led him to the Lord, and he accepted Jesus. He's up in heaven. Now, that was awesome to, find my, you know, awesome to find out my brother was in heaven. That is how merciful God is. You know. But here's what, then here's what I said. Well, isn't that something? God is so wise. He saved my brother and then he killed my brother so he didn't have to suffer from epilepsy. And I thought I was wise when I said that. I thought God was wise, and I thought I was wise. And really, I was ignorant. God's not ignorant. I was ignorant, okay, when I thought that. But here's what I'm saying. Then I got into the Bible, and I start reading my Bible, and I start going to church, and I started to hear what was taught, and then I thought sickness is not God's will. That's not... God doesn't kill people and do that. He, that's not God. I started to learn about God. So what am I saying? Once I heard that, I can identify that sickness is a mountain that needs removed. But
but I could never identify that mountain until I understood what God's will was. And so that is true for every area. So the quality of our life is going to depend on how much knowledge we have of God's word. So you, you will, you will I, the more that we grow and understand God, that he's life and it's abundant life and he wants to bless us in every area. And the more we see that, the, the quality of our life will increase because we'll say, well, that's not right. What's that doing in my life? That's not God's will. You identify the mountain by understanding what God's word says, the will of God. Hallelujah. The second, the second thing is, after you identify your mountain, you want to speak to your mountain. Okay? So speaking to your mountain, it's, it's good to identify it, but it's not enough just to identify your mountain. And, and so here's what some people can do. You can think about your mountain. But it doesn't say to think about it. You know, and, and if you think about it, you know, it could be like your mountain could be the size of Mount Gravette or, you know, Mount Tambourine or Mount Cotton. Those aren't very big mountains. But you start, you, if you just keep thinking about it, it'll get like the snowy mountains. They're a lot bigger, aren't they? I mean, they're high enough for have, to have snow. Those are a lot higher, bigger mountains. And, you know, the Bible doesn't say to keep thinking about your mountain because the more you think about it, like they say, you'll, it'll turn, uh, it'll turn a, an anthill into a, a mountain or a molehill, whatever that saying is, because you just make it so big because you're thinking about it. So it doesn't say to think about it, it says to speak to it. It doesn't say to cry about it. It doesn't do a lot of good if we cry about our mountain. That doesn't help, okay? And then it doesn't do good to talk about it either because talking about it will just make it bigger, make it bigger. But what it does say, it says now you need to speak to your mountain. So, you know, I know silence is golden, you know, and, but, but in this case, it's not that golden, in case you don't know, that's an old song. How many people in here know that song, Silence is Golden? See, not many hands are going up. Congregation's getting younger. <laughs> you know, my brother-in-law tells this joke in front of my mother-in-law. I have a wonderful mother-in-law, and I don't do this. I'm a lot better than my brother-in-law for that reason. But my mother-in-law can be sitting on the front row. This is where I heard this joke when my mother-in-law was on the front row. And my brother-in-law says, hey, did you hear about the man that didn't talk to his mother-in-law for two years? And no, he didn't want to interrupt her. <laughs> so, but my mother-in-law, of course, is not like that. I, okay. But my point is, you know, sometimes people can talk quite a bit. You know, now, in this case, it's better if you can't say something good, don't say it at all, okay? But in this case, it says you have to speak to your mountain, okay? So, so thinking about it, talking about it, crying about it, none of that helps, but speak to it, all right? Then the third thing is believe what we say will come to pass. So after you speak to it, you want to believe what you say will come to pass. Now, I like to say it this way, you know when you're ready to pray, when you know that you can believe what you say will come to pass. That's a good gauge. It's a good gauge. So I like to do it this way in my life. If I have to pray about something, if I can't believe what I'm going to say will come to pass, what do I do? I do exactly what Simon did in that video that we heard, how he got in. I go to the Word 
and I think, well, what, what do I need? So if I need healing, and when I, if I'm going to speak to my body, if I can't believe when I speak to my body what I say will come to pass, I've got to go back to the Scriptures, and I need to feed on that. Because I, I need to feed my faith so when I do speak to my body, I can believe what I say will come to pass. Okay, so that's a good gauge. That's a way that we know that we're ready to pray. So you, you can know that in your life. And so anytime you don't have confidence to believe that, don't worry, just go back to the Word and feed on the relevant Scriptures for your situation, okay? Okay, so then uh, what we want to do today then, just to, to, as we're closing up, uh, I, I thought it would be good to do this because it helps us to be balanced. So I'm going to just talk about walking a balanced walk when it comes to words and faith. So walking a balanced walk. So here's a few things about that that I think can be helpful. So the first thing is this. Bible faith doesn't deny reality, but it will change reality. Okay, so there is, a, I think, the, the, the Christian science religion, uh, they have this thing where they actually will deny reality. So if they're sick, they'll say, I'm not sick. That's not what we're talking about. Okay, that's denying reality. So as Christians, it's not wrong to identify the fact that I am sick. You know, people would think you're nuts if you, you're sick and go, I'm not sick. So that's not what this is about. That's not the Christianity and the faith we're talking about. That's denying reality. It's denial. But what, what is the balance on that? Well, the balance is you recognize that you have sickness in your body. So, so we don't deny it. But here's the thing. Faith the sickness is real, but faith will change that. So sickness is a reality, but faith changes reality. Okay, so that's, that's important. So it doesn't, there's no power to say, I'm, I'm not sick. There's no power in saying I'm not sick. There's no power there. Because it's not lined up with a scripture. Okay, you got to line up. So by his stripes I'm healed, that's powerful. Because it's a scripture. There's power there. So you are sick. You identify your sick, and then you say, by his stripes I'm healed. That's where the power is, okay? So we don't deny it. We don't deny reality. Then the next thing is, uh, the known will of God is where our words should originate. So we talked about that, but, you know, if, if, if you don't know God's will in an area, it hinders you. So there was somebody once, in, a long time ago, this is in, in, uh, in Texas, somebody went up to a preacher and said, I'm going to believe God that I get 10 million oil wells. 10 million oil wells. 10 million. Wasn't it 10 million? And the preacher said, well, that's stupid. Where's a scripture in the Bible that says you're going to get 10 million oil wells? There's no scripture there. You're not going to get them. Well, that guy was a little bit mad, but that's stupid. Like, you've got to find a scripture. Okay, so the known will of God, that's where our words should originate. So if there's not a scripture, you know, uh, that, now there's times that the Holy Spirit can speak something specific to you, but it won't be ridiculous. You know, the, the Lord spoke to us to move to Australia. That was direction. I couldn't find a scripture, but we had to act on it, but that wasn't ridiculous. Okay, so that's one thing. We, we need to know that. And then God's words should shape our words. So the more of God's will you know, the more shaped your words are. The more your words line up with his will, because his, 
His, God's word shapes our words. Okay, then look at this. Right believing and right thinking leads to right talking. So our beliefs have something to do with our thinking and our beliefs have something to do with our talking. So we want to get our beliefs in line with God's word because it definitely affects our talking. And then words are an expression of what is going on in our hearts. And you know, and sometimes when pressure gets on us and we, we're under like some pressure, we find out really what's in our heart sometimes. Sometimes we got the word comes out and then sometimes it's not the word that comes out. Now, if, if, if you're under a tough, if you're in a tough situation and, and something comes out of you that is not God's word, don't condemn yourself. Don't get all guilty about it because God's mercies are new. Just say, Father, excuse me, that just came out. I'm sorry, Lord. I thank you for forgiveness. But here's what I really believe about this, and here's what I'm going to say about this situation. And that's what I do. Because sometimes under pressure, something will come out of your mouth, and it doesn't line up with the Word of God. But none of us are perfect, and God's not. Uh, in, in, well, let's look at this. Let's go to the next one, and you'll see, you know, uh, go down one more. And see, we have what we consistently believe and say. So like making a mistake, it's not going to make it come to pass in your life. So sometimes you can make a mistake, but just know God is merciful. He, he's a cleansing God. And when you say something that doesn't line up with God's word, just receive cleansing and then say what you really believe. Okay, so it's consistency there. Go back up to that other one. Speaking in line with God's word, God's will, isn't a fad, but it's a way of life. So we're not talking about fads here. This is something that's like a way of life, not talking about the flavor of the month or any kind of thing like that. This has been around for a long time. So really what God wants us to do is he wants us to learn how to let his words shape our words, and it's a way of life and not a fad. Go down to the bottom one. Our part is to agree and speak in line with God's word. And so why, why do I have that there? Well, it's important to know that we're not responsible to carry the weight of everything on our shoulders so everything in our lives it all we're responsible for all of it and that's an extreme like extreme where some people hear faith they hear a message on words and faith and then they think everything depends on them but then there's this other extreme that some people think everything depends on god well there's a balance there when you understand god's will and then you see everything god did then all we really need to do is line up with that. And our part is just to agree with him and talk in line with him. The whole weight of everything is not on our shoulders. God is still around in our lives and he has a part, okay? And then next, be, being used by God to minister to someone is different than living and establishing our lives with our beliefs and words. Now, what do I mean by that? Okay, here's what I mean by that. The spirit of God is in us and the spirit of God is on us. And the Spirit of God can anoint us and we can actually do miracles and signs and wonders, not because we're great, but God anoints us to do that. It's by His grace and we can be very effective in it. But then when we're not doing that, we have to understand we're Christians, all of us. So there can be, it doesn't matter how famous and big, if you can fill stadiums up and you have all these miracles going on, when you walk out of the stadium, you still have to build your life with the Word of God. That's what I'm saying there. So it's a different thing to establish your life with your beliefs and your words, okay? So, so 
I know we have a number of people in our church that are used in great ways out in the marketplace, out there in, in the world. They're laying hands on people and God is using them in a great way. You know, we're graced to do that. The Bible said we can do it. But then we still want to make sure we believe and say the right things about ourselves. We want to make sure we get established that way. And then uh, this one, I think it's the last one. When God's word words uh, uh, when god's word is in our i think i mi missed a word there when god's words I, I got the wrong r anyway when god's word is in our hearts and our mouths nothing is impossible let's look at the last scripture here so look at this last scripture jesus said unto him if you can believe all things are possible to him that believes so what are we talking about today we're talking about impossible things that are possible if you can believe but then we're talking about believing means that you're going to say something about it so as we get ready to close today let's just say this together if you would just close your eyes with me and let's just say some things together i just want to we'll do this together it just helps us out uh, say this with me father god thank you so much for sending jesus jesus thank you for dying for me I believe God raised you from the dead I declare that with my mouth I believe it in my heart I am a Christian I'm a new creature in Christ old things have passed away everything is new thank you father I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus Sickness and disease cannot live in my body. Your healing power is working in my body. I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Thank you so much for taking stripes on your back for me. Finances are coming to me because I'm a giver. I have given once and once again and my God shall meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus I'm led by the Spirit of God he leads and guides me he leads me into truth he guides me into safety I'm protected by God because he leads me by his spirit thank you father that impossible things are possible with you i declare that my life is blessed i'm blessed coming in and i'm blessed going out i declare i'm the head i'm not the tail i am above and i am not beneath i have favor favor with God and favor with man I am a child of God amen amen bless have a blessed week thanks for listening we're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives if you have a story that you would like to share about how God is working in your life please let us know and send us an email at church at if you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, 
please visit our website, arena.org.au.